Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time we gather for a spiritual conversation with enlightening guests and I'm glad you're here. So shall we have some fun today? How does embracing and embodying the energetics of play help us heal, help us get more out of our lives? Well, Jana Carey is here today to talk about how healing trauma can enhance our relationship with our inner child, help us break our addiction to suffering, and allow us to create a more magical life. Are you ready to meet her? Jana Carey is the Elven Starseed Oracle. She's a light worker, an oracular channel, a divine feminine revolutionary, and a master intuitive healer. Her work slash play is a unique blend of quantum energy healing, flower essence therapy, plant spirit medicine, energetic herbalism, spiritual counseling, and intuitively channeled guidance. You can find out more about Jana and her work at com. Jana, welcome to Out of the Fog. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to be here today to play with you. <laughs> oh, we're going to play. That's great. Let's yeah. start. I want to know what does it mean to be the Elven Starseed Oracle? Because that is so cool. I can't stop saying it. Well, being the Elven Starseed Oracle basically means I'm the spokesperson. I have the pleasure and delight of being the spokesperson for a council of enlightened beings. They are a combination of earth angels and ascended masters who come from star-seeded origins, so from various places in the star nations. Um, and, and I work with them as a council. They give me a lot of guidance. I work with them when I'm, um, and play with them when I'm working with clients. And when I write and channel, I speak on behalf of them. So sometimes they come forward as a group and we speak as a unified voice. Um, sort of similar to how like Abraham would work, like it was a group of beings. And sometimes I work with individual members one at a time, um, and they bring through particular guidance. How did you How did you meet them? How did you form that connection? Oh, it's um, many lifetimes in the making. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in this particular getting to know them in this lifetime, a lot of them started really coming through to me around 2012 when I started going through my own rapid awakening um, journey. The first one to really come forward was Mary Magdalene. Um, She came forward in a shamanic journey I was having that, um, and then from there I started channeling and different members of them started coming forward um, I worked with, I've worked with different spiritual mentors as well along the path, and they've also helped me to get in touch with this council as well. I'm wondering this, when you talk about the council, it sounds very serious, and yet I know that your work is predicated on a play, on a kind of a lightness, an awareness that brings healing. Is your work with them, does it feel especially playful, or is it very serious counsel sounds ponderous it does 
It does sound ponderous, doesn't it? Like there's an air of like gravitas to it. Like it's like homeful. Right. Big um, table and dark wood and right. <laughs> and Gandalf, you know, and we're all sitting around. <laughs> That's right. And, um, you know, it, it, it embodies all of it, like working with them, but it's actually very playful. Um, I mean, there's times where they've, they've really walked me through, I embody everything that I bring through for my clients. That's a really important tenet of how I, of how I aim to serve. And there's so many times when I've been hearing some of my own trauma and shadow pieces where the way that they've showed up for me is with so much play and delight. And I can be, you know, like working through something really heavy. Like, for example, I lost my brother to cancer and working through that, but they show up in this way that's really light and playful uh, and it's masterful. It's just incredibly masterful. And they've taught me through that example that that is how I desire to work with others. And it's just so fun. When I'm Sometimes when I'm sitting with clients and having a session and some of the most challenging, painful things will come up, but we'll still be laughing and there'll be an element of play to it. So... Yeah, it's really, it's actually incredibly gentle and powerful at the same time working with this energetic of play. And that to me, for for me as an intuitive, connecting with people and their stories and their paths, that lightness, which doesn't mean laughing at things that are horribly painful, but it does mean raising that vibration, allowing some kind of like opening a window to allow some fresh air in there, surprising yourself by taking a different perspective, allowing some laughter or a different way of looking at it, that lightness, that play, that um, almost a little mischievous way of rearranging things sometimes is when the greatest healing can then start. Because we get so stuck in the old stuff, we are ponderous, we are dark wood and everybody with a big staff and stuff. And then as we lift out of that, we can see things in a different way. Absolutely. And I think absolutely. And this is not, you know, this is not play is like love and light and we're just going to spiritually bypass on like over everything you know and like your your pain is, is just a story get over it it's like no 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 there is so much deep honoring to everything that we have gone through as humans in this courageous journey of being human so much honoring and at the same time it's like holding that and at the same time being like hey it's okay it's safe to also enjoy this journey at the same time and that we can play while we are in pain. We can play while we're in pain. It's absolutely possible. And that's actually, sometimes there can be a lot of resistance to that, but that's what actually starts to help like rewire our system and help us heal trauma and you know, reestablish a safe relationship with our inner child. I liken it sort of as this way, like, you know, if you've ever watched like a mother or a parent, a father, like with their child and the child falls down and, you know, the parent's like, oh, no, what's wrong? Are you OK? And the child starts crying more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Or you can see a parent respond and just being like laughing, being like, it's OK, and like kicks them up and they start laughing. And that metaphor came to me from my guide from the Elvin Starcy Council. And I think it's so apt to, to get at the energetic of sort of what play can do when working with trauma and healing on this deeper level. Can you say a little bit about what you mean when you say inner child? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, there's many, like inner child is a word that gets 
tossed around a lot and it's really become popular. Um, the way that I like to look at it is, is that it's really the guardian to our heart, that our inner child is that guardian to the heart, which is the seat of our soul, which is the seat of our divinity, our own innocence, our own most wise self, like the true truth of our being, our inner child serves as that guardian to our heart. And that truly, as we enter into that heart space, it's a space that can be incredibly vulnerable, but also incredibly powerful. And that's really where the magic and the miracles are possible in life is through connecting through that heart space, because that's sort of that gateway that connects us all with one another and to all of life. So I really like to think of the inner child as that guardian of our heart. Um, and I think our inner child really likes to have that powerful title. It's playful, but it's powerful too. Like everybody wants to know that they matter and that they're important. And that's really an important way of engaging with the inner child playfully, but yet also that they matter. Why so often do we kind of lock our inner child in the closet or tell her to be quiet or proceed as if she doesn't exist? Because many of us were conditioned that way. Um, and trauma, like we learn from our families, we learn from schools, we learn from society that it's not safe to engage with our inner child, that it's not safe to embody that much play and joy and love and have that much fun. You know, like many of us had, and I don't want to, I'm speaking in a generalization, but just from what I've seen walking in this world and with all my clients is we come into families where we match the conditioning of our parents and many of them felt that it was not safe to really engage with their inner child. And so the pattern repeats. And this goes many, many generations back. If you look ancestrally and start to work ancestrally, you see that this pattern is really, really old and steeped in our current paradigm. And so we learn that it doesn't feel safe because we're sort of conditioned that way. Even when we go to school with our current, I mean, I'll speak to the, the, the sort of current education system in the United States and granted things are training, changing and there's wonderful educators out there doing new paradigm breaking things all the time. But in general, a lot of us were sort of like shut down to our own knowing the wisdom of our own inner children and taught that we needed to follow, do things in a certain way. We had to figure it all out. We were kind of disconnected from our bodies. And so we spend like, you know, the first part of our life, not all of us, but again, speaking generally, it's like shutting down that inner child because that's how, that's the only way that we learn to feel safe and sort of match the dominant energy around us. And especially those of us that are energetically sensitive, intuitive, empathic, take that on, you know, even more so. So how can we start to, especially if we've told our inner child to be quiet or if we've acted like she doesn't matter or if we're feeling that lack of connection from that place of power or innocence or wisdom or all of those things altogether. How can we start to rebuild that? How does play and prayer help us make that reconnection? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm so glad you brought uh, prayer in too, because that's sort of the mantra that the mantra of the Elven Starseed Council is that pray and play, pray and play every day is the Elven Starseed way. <laughs> 
And so, you know, it's just this beautiful way of being in connection with our divinity and with, with our inner child. And so I say, keep it really simple in the beginning um, and engage. In, and, and also you can think of play as a form of prayer and vice versa. And so it's sort of taking prayer back from these, you know, religious, really serious paradigms that we've been talking about in the past. And thinking like, wow, play can be the way that I express my divinity. It can be the way that I connect with my higher self and my most wise, loving self. And that's what the play paradigm is really all about. And so doing it simply, especially if there's a lot of resistance, you know, just starting with 10 to 20 minutes a day where you connect in with that energetic of play um, with with something that really brings you joy. And if that, you know, I often guide people to look at, okay, let's do a little bit of an archeological dig. What did you love to do as a child? Because generally that hasn't changed. There's, there's still the thing, some of the simple core things you love to do as a child, whether it was dance or talk to the plants or work with animals or spend time in nature. Chances are that the truth of who you are still loves those things and is like, deeply desiring to engage in them. And, you know, so, so go back and sort of look at those things. And if you can't remember, then you're fortunate to still have that, you know, an open relationship with family members or friends from the past, ask them and invite them to join you with that archaeological dig to sort of look for things um, that you love to do as a child and really start there. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. I'm talking with Jana Carey. Her website, and you can where you can find out more about her and her work, is janacarey.com. That's J-A-N-A-C-A-R-R-E-Y.com. I love that idea, Jana, about connecting, reconnecting through the things we love to do as a child because it calls us back to a time where we maybe felt even people who grew up with a lot of a lot of trauma, there is, especially in creative pursuits that you loved as a child, there's a kind of freedom there very often. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we never lose that. And that's really the seat of our intelligence, too. So, again, when engaging in play, too, like if you can get your body involved and your senses involved and really start to engage in that way, that like, you know, like bo- that's bonus points on the on the on the prey and play it's like find ways to also get engaged in getting into your body and your senses and that really brings you into the present moment I mean, that's another beautiful thing about play and why again it's so involved in creative pursuits is because it gets you into the present moment into the here and now and that's where our true power is in life when you know when you're having so much fun that you get into the flow and you forget your worries and you forget you know that you have this bill to pay and you you have this to do to your boss and like this email to return and this post to make on social media or whatever it is. And you just, you remember that we're here to enjoy our lives. So it is a really beautiful way to engage in life and, you know, start simply, but the, the overarching goal is to try to make living this way more and more how we engage in life and letting our inner child which is our heart, run the show more often than not. And what a, what, a, what a wonderful world, what a fun world that would be to play in all the time. Now, I know that you work often with clients who are wanting to heal and release trauma. And I, it sounds like you and I share a belief that it's from that place of present moment awareness that that's, that's where healing begins. How, when you're working with clients with trauma, how does this 
idea of playing and prayer, how does it help them release? I wonder if maybe you have an example um, of someone you worked with or the kinds of things that you usually deal with in your practice. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I, I really do. First of all, I just want to say, yes, we definitely share a, that shared belief about really honoring what's coming up in the present moment. Um, I always start by creating a really powerful container with my clients, um, like, a, you know, invoking the element of play and, and prayer to really create a sacred ceremonial container when I work with clients to really hold things. Um, and the important piece of that is just that is serves the relationship of like the divine mother and the divine father really holding that containment. And then within that space of containment, then a person feels safe. So I'm serving as that role of the d- divine parent, so to speak, you know, in, the, in, in terms of containment. And often I feel that presence of sort of the divine mother coming through a lot with the Elven Starseed Council. Um, I tend to identify more with the mother because I am a woman. But and that holding that space allows the person I'm working with to then feel safe. At, you know, and just the way as if you had a healthy relationship with a parent, that like that hug to feel really safe. So then once they sort of can feel in their system and they learn to trust me that it's safe, then we can start to go in some of this, into some of the trauma in a way that is, playful. It's gentle, not forceful. We relax in. We don't dive into the deepest, darkest things in the first session. We go slowly. We take our time and we follow what's going on in their body. I also work a lot with plant spirit medicine and flower essences, and they are a really gentle way of encouraging these deeper somatic patterns to come up to the surface. And as they do so, then we can sort of engage in the present moment in the session and work with them in a way often that brings in that I'm bringing through that energetic of play. I'm holding that space with the Elven Starseed Council and really modeling that for them as a parent for a child. And then when they can feel that in my system, it helps them to sort of attune to my nervous system and feel that within their own system as well. And starts in these really magical ways to start sort of unlock some of these really deeper traumatic patterns. Um, so, for example, you know, just last week I was working with a woman who had been sexually abused, and you know, this wasn't this didn't come up in our first session. She's been sick, you know, with Epstein Barr for 30 years since she was abused, and we got into this, you know, a couple sessions into working with each other. She's already been on a couple of plant formulas. But in holding that space and in having a lot of laughter and sort of, you know, like delicately, playfully ending up there, it allowed this deeper piece of trauma to come through and for us to start to heal it in a much more gentle, loving, useful, and playful way. And, you know, she was laughing and crying on the call. And I was laughing and crying on the call. And we were really doing it together. There's something really magical that happens, I think, when we are able to hold a sacred space in which someone else can be seen or heard. And I think of that 30 years of compacting into the body, silence and trauma and whatever else was going on in that particular case. There's something really magical and powerful about opening it up for people to be heard and validated, seen. 
Absolutely. We all, we all want to be seen and heard for who we truly are. And I'm, I'm getting a little emotion. I'm getting a wave of emotion myself as I say that um, from my own heart. But we all want to be seen and heard and loved for who we truly are. That's all that our inner child really wants. Um, that's so much of what we kind of get locked when, you know, when there's trauma, we kind of get like get back, it's put down in the lockdown. And so much shift from out of that space and it doesn't have to be intense and it doesn't have to be really dramatic. I mean, I've learned from my own experience of working through trauma and, and working in ways that felt really intense. And then that can often cause like more trauma on top of trauma. And that's not the way that I feel guided or am guided to work with my clients. I literally have learned from the Elvin Starseed Council and the way that they've worked with me. They're always gentle. And they're always playful, even with the most serious of things, and always, always make me feel seen and heard, no matter what's going on. And just like small children, small children, all they want is to be seen and heard. And at the truth of who we are, we're still all those small children. It doesn't make us childish. It's about tapping back into that childlike innocence, which is our true nature. And that's what all of us came here to be seen and heard as that that's our true divinity. That's it's such a big part of why we're here. I really believe we all came here to just to truly play together as those innocent divine children in our hearts. Yeah. And that healing is not, we never heal through punishment. We never connect with spirit through punishment. Spirit does not connect with us in a way that is punishing or harsh. That, that lightness that you're talking about, that raising the vibration, that's where the healing is, at least as I understand it and believe it. Yes, I'm right there with you. Right there with you. Yeah, you know, and I think that there's still a lot of unwinding to do, you know, from this current paradigm that we're switching out of. You know, some people call it the patriarchal paradigm, old paradigm. There's a lot of different languaging around it. To me, that's not so important, but a lot of sort of the 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 religious programming, you know, there there was a lot of fearing God and fearing the divine and the divine is outside of us and God is punishing. And from our point of view, that's simply not true. We see God, goddess, source, you know, divine mother, divine father, whatever term you want to use, all terms are welcome, is all loving, is that all loving parent that's always here for that inner child and truly wants us to thrive and wants us to enjoy our life. Now, can you fullest? Can you let listeners know, Jenna, about your website and about how they can get in touch with you? I know you're starting something new as we go into the first months of 2018. So this is the part where you get to promote the heck out of yourself. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, if you go to janacarry.com, again, that's J A N A. C-A-R-R-E-Y, com. You can sign up for my newsletter, which is going to be starting in the new year. And I'm going to be starting a monthly virtual call, which is going to be a prayer group. It's going to be a play and pray group. Um, and you can join that. It's going to be free. And it's going to be a chance to get healing and have fun from the Elvin Starseed Council. So you can learn more about that on my website and sign up for announcements about when that's beginning through signing up for my newsletter, which you'll you'll find that all on my website. Um, I also offer intuitive healing sessions 
with clients all over the world. I work virtually via Skype or the phone or FaceTime. Clients get to choose. You can sign up and read more about those sessions on my website. Um, I also offer mentorship series, which are customizable feminine essence alchemy sessions and flower essence alchemy mentorships that go deeper. So that's a deeper dive. Um, currently, those mentorships are only for women, but that may be changing in the new year. I felt really called to support the women in reclaiming their divine feminine essence. Um, and that is a big part of that mentorship. It's a we hold a really powerful container. We work together for three to six or nine months, and that's customizable. Um, and you can read more about that on my website. And I invite you, if, that, if you're interested in that, to schedule a discovery call. And that's how we get to talk on the phone for free for an hour. I like to give people a lot of space to find out if we're a good fit to work together because it is a deep dive. And I want people to feel safe and like it's a yes if they're going to invest their time and money and heart space in working together. Jana, thank you. This has, it has been delightful to play with you. Thank you for, <laughs> for being on the show. I've really enjoyed sharing this space. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. It's always, it's always a pleasure to play with you as well. Thank you so much. Um, it's been such an honor. You are very welcome. That is Jana Carey. You can find out more about Jana and her healing work at com. That's J-A-N-A-C-A-R-R-E-Y.com, com. You know, every couple of weeks I send out a little audio nugget called the Out of the Fog Minute. That's my kind of my version of a newsletter that comes out every couple of weeks. You can sign up for that on my website, which is karenhager.com. It's also a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events and to book a private intuitive session with me if you are so inclined. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time. I'm wishing you peace.